This is Miles, and you're listening to Talking with Beauties. What's up, guys? Let's get into the episode rundown. So on this episode, we got a special guest on, new guest to the podcast. Super excited to do this podcast with them. And we just talk about NHL hockey. So we talk about round one. We go a recap, tell us, pretty much just tell you guys how we thought the, the series went. Get into round two, give you our predictions. Then we, because the game ones ended right when we were doing this uh, podcast recording, we went over game ones and how we expected them to pretty much pan out and if it panned out the way we, we thought it was. So hopefully you guys are enjoying this episode. It was a lot of fun. I know it's a little bit longer, but it's really a good episode. I hope you guys enjoy What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking with Beauties. This is episode 33 of the podcast, and today we have all things NHL playoffs, only talking about hockey. I got a new guest on the podcast to help me out with this one. My dad, Rawl. What's going on, Dad? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Welcome to the podcast. It's your first episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm dude, excited to be here. I listened to all the other ones, so it's about time you had me on. It took 30 episodes. Well, I- <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to have this episode before the NHL playoffs came. Bad thing was, NHL playoffs started right when finals were starting up, so I really just had no time. So we actually had this planned out for a while, so this would have been your, unfortunately, second episode, but we had to push it back uh, a couple weeks here. But, hey, I'm glad you're on. Yeah, me too. All right, so let's just get straight into it. So round one of the playoffs ended. Today we're recording this on... What's the date today? Third, May 3rd. So round one, uh, round one's over. Round two just started. All the game ones are over. So we're going into this as if we have not seen game ones. So we'll make all our predictions as if game ones have not happened. Uh, We're just a little bit behind on the recording, but we're we're going in as if uh, the series have not started for round two. But let's start with round one recap. Let's start with the biggest series, honestly, of the all round one. Boston versus Florida. Boston coming in, having the best regular season in NHL history. Pretty much any category you have as a team stat, they pretty much broke it, whether it was goal differential, home wins, away wins, points, overall record, everything they've beaten. Ended up losing in seven games to Florida. Florida won in, in seven on home or on the road, actually. So Boston lost two games on the road, uh, and they could have clinched at just – it's surprisingly, uh, they just weren't able to, to clinch in, in game seven. Being the best team out there, it just seemed like they did not have the young legs compared to like the Kachuk, Bennett, and Verhage line of uh, the Panthers. So I, I was very surprised about that. Really good performance from those guys. Montour really was the story of the whole series to me. Uh, coming up with two goals in the last game, one to force overtime, where Verhage ended up getting that OT winner in game seven. Bobrovsky did not start off as the goaltender for the Panthers came in, entered in game three for relief for Alex Lyons, gave up a goal in that game, but ended up keeping the crease for the rest of the series. Game four uh, ended up losing six to two, kept it though. Game five, seven or game five, six and seven ended up winning two of those being in overtime. So honestly, very good contest for, for Florida. I thought they played great. what did you think of the performance from Florida? You know, I thought Florida did play play a good series. Um, it was surprising that uh, they stuck. That you know, it was surprising that they won to begin with. Um, I had Boston winning this series easily, uh, maybe just because of how dominant they were in the, in the regular season, and Florida just sort of kind of snuck in at the end. Um, 
you know, I think Bobrovsky, you know, he was, he he came up big. You know, he didn't start the he didn't start the series like you said. It was Lion in there, and but he came in and uh, kind of settled everything down and, and and got big wins at the end of the series. And you know, it just, it's it's kind of what he does. You know, they pay him a lot of money, and that and that's that's why they pay him a lot of money to get those wins. And I think it's he did the same thing when he was in Columbus. I believe he uh, he was the goalie that that uh, that that took out Tampa Bay when they were on a hot streak. Yeah, he was. Ago. Yeah, he was part of that sweep against the President's Trophy Lightning, who were pretty much the same team as this Boston team, pretty much winning every stat, just not nearly as many wins. Ended up getting swept by Columbus, and yeah, Bobrovsky was that goaltender for Columbus. Yeah, and like you said, there's a, a couple of different people, you know, played a big factor in it. You know, Montour, you know, he he came up big, scored some goals. But he also was kind of hurting him a little bit, you know, taking some penalties at the end too. You know, it could have hurt him if if. Boston capitalized on some of those um, power play chances they had at the end. Yeah, I did notice that too. The discipline was not great on Montour's end, but you and me have seen Montour play a lot. I mean, he was he's an Anaheim prospect. They drafted him. They pretty much made him the player who he is now. He ended up being traded because of the whole, like, Anaheim not doing good, try to get draft picks for him. So we've seen Montour forever. We, we've seen this kid grow up to be who he is now. And it, I mean, Everything he's doing now, you could kind of see glimpses when he was in Anaheim. He just didn't get those chances being that younger kid on a on a team that was older and on the downfall. Yeah, he, he was he was a good prospect back then. And it, it did pan out, you know. I mean wish they the ducks would have kept him and, and stuck with him, but you know, they, they tried to build for the future and it didn't quite work out because they're still building for the future. Yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was a tough situation to, to let Montour go. That was also during the time where, like, they had to let Theodore go because of the expansion draft to Vegas. So, like, they had a lot of young defensemen, and they still have a lot of young defensemen. So it seems like the Anaheim scouts, they seem to find the right D-man for the teams. It just ends up being where we they can't keep them for, forever. So it's, it's tough to see Montour go, but it's good to see him being offensively minded in a team like Florida where you have Ekblad who can't be playing every single shift. So you get him as Mont- with Montour or on the opposite line of Montour. So you get two offensive-minded guys on a power play or something like that. I yeah, think he, was, he was never afraid really to, to shoot the puck. So that, yeah. that was always a good thing about him. He wasn't afraid to, to take a chance and, and jump up and be part of the offense, which, which was always good. Yeah. You always want your defenders to do that. It helps out. Um, yeah, no, just, I agree. Just, just looking at the game, you know, especially game seven, um, you know, it was it was a close game all the way, but overtime is where Florida came out. I mean, they came out and they they matched the gas pedal and just put a lot of pressure on. And I think they only had about ten minutes into them. If they didn't score in that ten minutes, they were going to lose that game because they pushed really hard in overtime and it paid off. They got the goal. And yeah, they won. yeah. So let's move on to Boston now. So Boston comes in, gets all this hype, best team in NHL history when it comes to the regular season. Wins the President's Trophy. Everyone says that there's a curse on the President's Trophy because the last, uh, before en- entering this this uh, playoff, the last nine have not made have not won the final, hasn't even made it. Um, so, do you think that Boston taking over so much this season and not re- knowing that they're going to make playoffs compared to a team that Florida was trying to make playoffs all the way up to the regular season was over? You think that dynamic of kind of calm, cool, and collective, breezing through the season, kind of messed the momentum up between a team that's pretty much playing playoff games for the last month, month and a half? I don't know if, if it messed up their their flow, I guess. 
I think it, you know, they were up three to one in this series. I think they just looked past Florida. You know, they were already looking to the second round when they when they jumped up on them three to one. And, you know, Florida came back and I think they won the last three, you know, lost the last three games to, to, to close it out and, and went to go on to the second the second round. And I think they just got that whole, you know, they were looking ahead, you know, before they finished yeah. out this before before they finished out this game. You know, and with Boston, you know, you gotta you gotta ask, you know, was it the right choice to to switch up the goalies that game seven? I, mean, I know Omar, you know, had some issues, you know, stick handling cost you know, you know, a goal here and there. But, you know, he was your best goalie all year. You know, you you're hit, you had him for seven games and your six games and then you pulled him the last one. I don't know if that was the right choice or not. Uh, I was about to get to that with Omar. Uh, it comes out that Kevin Weeks said that he had an injury. Uh, I'm not sure what the injury was, but he came out and he did have an injury throughout the series. So if you know that he's got an injury, why play him for this long? You got Jeremy Swayman, who does come in for this this game seven, does not play that bad. He He played well. I thought he kept them in it because he made some big saves that I thought Florida was definitely going to score on and they bring a lot of momentum. He kept them, honestly, in it. And if you know that this guy's injured, why not put in a guy like Jeremy Swayman in to play the games? I mean, yeah, he, you need one more win. Yeah, maybe Omar could get it. But he struggled in, in game five when they lost in overtime. He struggled bad in game six, and he gave up six or seven goals in that series in that game alone so why you give a game seven everything on the line to a guy who has not played in a couple weeks it just seems like they should have brought him in earlier yeah that's a that's a good question and they probably should have you know you know granted you know they're professionals they're they're used to playing at this level but this is the playoffs and the playoffs is you know a step up from that you know the speed is faster the stakes are faster the stress is you know a lot more so it is tough to, to put a, a young goalie in that position. You know, it, it would have been nice if they gave him a chance earlier in the series too. So you kind of, you know, get used to that, you know, be on that yeah. stage. And it just, I don't know if it, you know, he, he seems he played or he played okay. You know, he, like you said, he, he had a solid game. It's just a matter of, you know, would another game ahead of that helped him out? Probably. You know, maybe. Yeah, if he had game six, I think it, we're talking about maybe Boston versus or Boston in the second round, potentially. Because, yeah, yep. you get that little bit of experience now. Of, yeah, yeah, maybe you're playing on the road. Yeah, then you got to play a game seven as your second career playoff game. But it's your second career. It's not your first one. So you have a lot less pressure now. Right, and it's not like he played bad all year. He was he was solid all year. I mean, between the two of them, I mean, what, they only had like, what, 10, 14 losses or something between the two goalies? Yeah, yeah. You know. These guys have been your one, two all season long. You got to trust your backup sometimes. Yep. So agreed. Last comment about Boston, though. Do you think this is Patrice Bergeron's last game ever, or maybe in just in the Boston uniform? I don't think he'll play for anyone but Boston. But I also think he'll probably, if he if he wants to keep playing, he'll give Boston that hometown discount, like he has been. Yeah, I agree too. I don't think this will be his last game. I think he's got to play a few more years. Being competitive, that's another question. But I think he'll he'll stay around. Yep, I agree. All right, let's move on to the next series. We got Tampa Bay versus Toronto. Toronto, first series win since 2004. They won in six games. And honestly, I'm so amazed that Toronto did it. I've, You and I have both been going against Canadian teams for a long time. We want to see the Cup stay in the States. And we've both been saying that Toronto's hard to pick just because 
they haven't won a series since 04. Like until they, for me, it's, it's until they win, I'm not going to choose them. They don't give me a reason to choose them. So I went Tampa Bay this series, ended up losing, losing that pick, but Toronto seemed like they wanted it way more. Tampa Bay did not finish off their games. All three of their home games went to overtime. Game three, O'Reilly scored with a minute left, and then Morgan Riley with the overtime winner. Game four, Tampa Bay was up 4-1 to one in the third period. Matthews scores, Riley scores, then Kerford scores in overtime. It's just you got to close those games out. You close at least one of those games out, especially the 4-1 game. You got to close that one out. Maybe that's a seven-game series. Maybe Tampa Bay squeaks out again. But Vasilevsky did not look that great. The offense looked good in the first half for Tampa Bay. did not come up in the second half. Defense was a little bit soft. I thought Toronto just wanted it more. They played a little bit more of a consistent game throughout the whole series. What did you think about this series, though? Yeah, you know, I like you said, it, it's hard to root for Toronto for us. I mean, so I had Tampa Bay as well. Um, I, like you said, I wish they would have played a little bit more, finished out those games. You know, even like, you know, Corey Perry wasn't like that normal pest he, he typically is, you know, causing trouble. He just he kind of yeah. just disappeared. Um, like you said, um, Vasilevsky, he was, uh, you know, he's immortal. You know, when you don't have that help in front of him, <laughs> you know, it, it, it happens. You know, he didn't seem like he was supernatural like he normally does. Um, it, it, and it could be a couple of things. You know, the team's a little bit older. You know, they're at the end of this long stretch of, of 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 being in the playoffs and going to the finals. You know, that's a lot of games to play, you know, over the last three years. Maybe it caught up with them. It's not like they're a really young team either. Yeah. And you make a great point there. It would have been if they made it to the cup finals this year somehow, it would have been four straight cup finals. So you're pretty much playing your max amount of games every single season with the the smallest off season possible compared to any other team. And they're doing this for the last three straight years. So yeah, I'm not surprised to see if it, if it really just kind of caught up with them. You know, Stamkos does not stay healthy every single year. This was, I think one of his first years, he really kind of was healthy the whole year round. You got Hedman, who's older. Vasilevsky, yeah, looked mortal. So you got all, all these guys who's just been, who's older, been playing a long time. And it's just, maybe it's just the time for Tampa Bay to, to not be around anymore. Yeah. I mean, they might need to, you know, get a little bit younger, you know, a little fresher legs, you know, maybe they'll wait for a Stamkos kid. You know, he looks like he's not too far off during those commercials. <laughs> yeah. That, that little, uh, the little kid that, that does the, he's playing against like the grown men. Yep. That, that's the one. Yeah, Stamkos needs to get that kid on the on the team next year. But yeah, I, I wish they would. I wish they would have finished him out, but they didn't. So Toronto on to the next round. Um, but you know, it's Toronto. They've had fifty years of losing. You know, not having a cup. They'll they'll. You know, I don't. I don't think they'll make it past the second round. But we'll talk about that later. One last thing before we move on on to this one. Samsonov, I didn't think he played too bad. If you take away that first game, he had really good shutout numbers. Um, yeah, no shutouts, but Samsonov had a very good series, I thought, if you take away game one. What do you think about the goaltending for Toronto? Seems like that's been struggling for them the last couple of years, and it seems like they always keep blaming the goaltenders. And you and me both play goalie. I hate be blaming goalies for stuff because they have to get through six other players or five other players to get to us. Yeah, it's- usually the goals that they're giving up are backdoor passes or one-timers or even power play goals. I mean, you can't blame goaltenders for these. So with Samsonov coming into the crease and actually winning a series, 
seems like they're finally on the on the end of maybe our goalie is actually good, but I didn't think the goaltending was that bad the last couple of years. But what do you think about Sinsonov's performance? I, I think he, I mean, he played he played some solid he played a solid series, you know, solid games there. Um, like you said, they like to blame the goalie, you know, when when other teams score, and it, that's just not fair, you know. Like like you mentioned before, you know, there's five other people that go around. It's a team sport, you know. They win as a team. It loses the team. You can't just blame the goalie for it. Yeah, he's the last one back there before that line, but it's not always his fault. He, you know, he could he could save he could save you. You know, he could he could save a game, steal a game here and there. You know, goalies in, in general, um, and they can lose them too. But I guess that's why you have a backup. Um, but you can't blame goalies for you know odd man rushes, breakaways, you know stuff like that. It, it, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, but Toronto yeah. has a, oh. Toronto has a history of of having these high expectations, put a lot of pressure on, on the superstars and, and the goalie, you know, you look at, there's always, there's always pressure on, on whoever their, their, their number one center is. And then, and then the, then the goalie, they go through a lot of goalies and a lot of people can't stand that pressure. That's why they only in Toronto for a season or two. Yeah. And you're right. Cause they ran Freddie Anderson out of that, that town and look at, he's doing way better in Carolina being a smaller market team. And now you got Matt Murray on that team who, yeah, he's not healthy all the time, but he takes a lot of the the blame for those losses when he was playing those games. And I didn't think he's played that bad. I, I still think he's a good goaltender. He just his health is is beating him up more than his performance. And then last year you had Jack Campbell, and Campbell's doing did not great at Edmonton this year, but he did better than what he was doing in Toronto. And I think it's just that less pressure of being in a, a market like Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's thinks they're the center of the hockey universe, and it just it's not really like that anymore. I mean, they 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 want it to be, but it's just not quite there like it like it had been in the past. Yeah, no, for sure. Any final comments on this series that you want to bring up? No, I mean, I'm just I'm just glad that the uh, that the next one won't be a blue on blue. Yeah, good point. Good point. All right, next series though, we got the New York Islanders against the New New Jersey Devils, excuse me. Devils won this one. Or oh jeez, my bad. New York Rangers versus New Jersey um Devils. Man, my numbers are all mixed up here. Uh Devils beat the Rangers in 7 games by um pretty much going on the back of Akira Schmidt. He got a 1.38 goals against average, 951 save percentage with two shutouts. He pretty much lit it up. Did not start off this series. Vitek Vanacek did start off. He did not play well in the first two games he had. Schmidt did come in, ended up smoking the the Rangers, and they could not figure him out. Um, I'm not surprised that the the Devils won. I'm more surprised that the Rangers lost because if you look at the roster for for the Devils, they have a great roster. Young young kids. Maybe a lot of the pressure got to them in those first two games going down 2-0. But you look at the Ranger lineup. They bought players this this season throughout the whole year, and they wanted to go all in. They tried their best to go all in, and yet they still didn't perform. Um, even though the Rangers did end up making this a seven-game series, it was after game three, it was not their series to win anymore. Igor did not look that great. Um, the defense did not look great. Patrick Kane was really quiet. Tarasenko was very quiet. So the guys you expect to go it go in and help this ranger team win honestly was not showing up and it was pretty much all devils even though this game was even though this series went to seven games but what what were your thoughts about this series 
Yeah, like you said, you know, New York went all in at the trade deadline. Um, and, you know, they get, they brought some big names in, and the big names that just never really showed up, you know, never really heard Kane's name, you know, in, at any time, at, in, you know, in, in any of these games as being a, a difference maker. Um, Tarasenko, you know, got a, a, got a couple goals, but it was, you know, not quite like he had been. I don't know if it, you know, bringing in these these bigger name guys at the very end, you know, messed with the chemistry of the team. You know, they were doing pretty good early on. You, you thought that, hey, bringing in these superstars or these big names that had history, you know, can only get us make us better, and it just didn't work out. It was an experiment. They they bought they bought it for the season, and it just didn't work out. Um, you know. Maybe I mean the only thing that the the only thing I remember from this not the only thing but the biggest thing I remember from this series was that big hit by by Truba you know he's that he, that made <laughs> the most noise out of the whole thing. Um, that that hit was crazy. It was it was I think it was a clean hit. That guy had his head down. I don't know how he didn't see him. You know he was straight in front of him. Maybe that was the problem. He's looking to the side. But yeah, I mean I I thought New York, the Rangers were gonna win this series. Um, just because of what the like you said of who was on the roster, uh, just didn't quite work out for him. Yeah, uh, and I don't yeah. think this is going to be the same roster you see next next season either. No, I don't think it will be. I don't think Patrick Kane will want to stay. I think his contract's up after this year, so I will be very surprised to see the Rangers be able to re-sign him because I think he's going to want money, and I think he's going to think he could still do stuff even though he pretty much proved to us this postseason that he's not really the same Patrick Kane that had those crazy runs back in 2010, 11, 12, that those huge three cup wins with Taze and the rest of the Black Hawks. Yeah, you mean he's not the same as he was 12 years ago? Yeah, that's not surprising but at you all. Tell, you tell Patrick Kane that, he's not going to believe you. No, 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 no one no one will ever will. Yeah, so it maybe a reality check comes in. Maybe the Rangers are able to get into him and say, hey, like this is what we're going to offer you. Maybe it's a good contract for them to sign and, and he, he could keep there. But I don't see Kane staying there. So, yeah, I don't see the same roster coming around either. And honestly, I don't know if Igor is really going to be the guy in New York anymore. Oh, I think I think he'll keep him. I think he's a good goalie, and I think he's set up to – I think he'll, he'll be there for years and, and do a good job. See, I like Igor a lot, but I really thought he was going to be able to steal a couple games this series for them. If you take away game game one and two, there was a lot of offense. It was 5-1 both of those games. Yeah, Igor made a lot of good saves, but he didn't really steal any games for them. It, it wasn't any performance to me that I thought, like, damn, like, yeah, maybe it, it's a 3-2 contest right now, but Igor is standing on his head. It didn't really feel like that to me, and I – I don't know. Maybe it was just a bad series for him. Maybe next year he goes back to his Vesna winning style. But I don't know. It just seemed like there's a lot more, a little bit more red flags that were popping up to me in this series. Yeah, I mean, everyone has, you know, I won't say off games. You know, his, his it was bad luck that it was, you know, those seven games here, or you know, the four that they lost. Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. the biggest thing with this, with this. Series is, you know, Jersey is probably, was the better team. They, they were the home team. You know, they had the better record, and no one ever talks about New Jersey, maybe because they've been bad for so long. They were terrible last year. It's kind of surprising yeah. that they that they did so well this year. It's nice to see that, you know, see like Jack Hughes and some of these young guys, you know, advance and, and, you know, and get some, to the playoffs and, and make it past this first round. It's, it's kind of good to see, you know. That's the future of hockey there, some of these younger names. 
Yeah. Shout out Jill, because she's the only one in the house that thought that New Jersey was going to move on for other reasons, but she still picked New Jersey. Yep. I'm just happy that she knows who Jack Hughes is and the fan of the Jersey Devils. Why, you know, <laughs> her reasoning behind it might be different than mine, but hey, I'm just glad she's a fan. <laughs> Hey, she knows more hockey than a lot of other girls around. Definitely, definitely. But any of the final comments from this series that you would like to bring up? No, I'm ready to move on to the next one. All right, so we got the New York Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes won this one in six games. Honestly, I don't have much to talk about with this series just because it was the most boring first-round series out of all of them. I really did not watch any of these games. A lot of the games were either playing just a little bit of overlap and this was just not one that I was just tuning into. It just did not excite me. New York, even though they tried to get guys to this during the deadline, just did not excite me with the roster. Carolina, last couple of years, you kind of expect them to get out of the first round, so I didn't really think about them as losing this this series. So I just didn't didn't really watch it. Any comments from you though? Yeah, I agree. It was boring. You know, I I turned it on one day. You know, it was towards the end of the game, and just. The play was boring, looked slow. The uniforms looked bad, you know. The Islanders looked like, I mean, it reminded me of, like, the Mets uniforms, and those aren't good-looking uniforms. It's just the whole kind of a, a little bit of a letdown. Um, I mean, I'm glad Carolina won. You know, I actually know some players on that team. I don't know a whole lot about the Islanders at all. Um, so, uh, just, you know, hopefully the, the second round they step it up and it's a little more exciting. Yeah, yeah, honestly, I mean, yeah, not much to talk about this series. Are you ready to move on to the next one? Yeah, let's go to the next one. All right, so we got Seattle and Colorado. So Seattle, their first time in the playoffs, second year in the league. They got up against the defending Stanley Cup champs. They took one to seven games and ended up winning this one. They're the first expansion team to win their first playoff series against a Stanley Cup champion or defending Stanley Cup champion. It's a mouthful, yes. It's a weird ESPN stat, yes. But hats off to Seattle. First playoff series, you're going up against probably one of the favorites of the Stanley Cup playoffs altogether, and you perform, and you perform great. Grubauer coming off uh, his second year of this contract that he signed because Colorado did not want to pay him. He comes out, plays against his old team, ends up beating them in seven games, has a great performance, 926 save percentage, 244 goals against average. He was stellar. Oliver Bjorkstrand took over game seven, though. Uh, had two goals, um, six shots, six of them off the post, two hits and three blocks in just under 19 minutes of time with the ice, time on ice. Uh, after game one with Dallas, he's now up to three goals, uh, f- five total points in eight games. So Bjorkstrand had a great series against Colorado, and he had a great game seven. I think he could have had a couple other goals if it just happened to get, excuse me, happened to go in the right way off the post. So, great performance by Seattle. Colorado just did not really excite me very much this this postseason. I was more excited to watch Seattle than I was more uh, about Colorado. But what did you think about this series? Yeah, you know, I was I was surprised that you know that Colorado lost it. You know, I, I thought they'd move. You know, being the defending champs, you know, they they know what it takes to to step up and 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 play these games. You know, last year they didn't have to go to game seven at all. So you know, I guess that's new to them, and it didn't. It, it they lost it. Um, that was the surprising thing, you know, that Colorado lost. Uh, Seattle, you know, they, they played good. Like you said, uh, Bjorkstan, he he was solid. He played, he scored some goals that he should have had five in that last game. You know, 
he's skating with confidence. He's shooting with confidence. It, it and it showed. Um, the other guy that that I noticed a lot was uh was was it Tanev? That dude's fast. Yeah, Tanev's got some really good wheels. He's fast. So any little little uh, and he has a step on someone, he's gone, and he, he it it brought a lot of opportunities for him. So that was that was good. Um, you know, Seattle, they have the you know the way they they play Colorado's good. They have that strong forecheck. And it's not just one person putting pressure. They 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 forecheck with all three forwards, and it creates a lot of opportunities. You know, they kind of overwhelm some of those guys down low, um, and and it worked out for them. You know, so it was it was a good series. It was fun to watch. I like that one. Yeah, no, that was a really good series. Really fun to watch. Back and forth, pretty much game after game. But my question for you is, where do you see Colorado going now that they're out of the playoffs? You got guys going to be fully healthy now next season. Do you see them still being the contenders as the best team in the Central and potential Stanley Cup run next year as well? Yeah, I think they still have the the potential to, to make deep runs in the playoffs with the team they have. I think they need a new, you know, maybe step up on the goalie side. I, I wasn't too impressed with the goalie they had in there this, this time. I agree. Um, but uh, so there, there, there might just be a player or two away, but I think that they're, they're still built and set up to, to run, to run deep. Yeah, no, I agree with the goaltender. I like Georgiev a lot. The only thing is I don't see him as a starter. I see him as like that really good number two guy. If the starter gets injured, you can put him in for at the most a month and get away with it. I don't see him as a everyday starter guy. So maybe that there's a, a guy in the market that they could go out and get this off season. Um, but I don't really see him trading any pieces to get a goaltender. I don't think that's in their nature for Colorado, though. No, I mean, they they had a chance at a good goalie. You know, he's over there in Seattle now. So Yeah. You know, they, they, I guess yeah, they, they just they, didn't they want to pay him. They don't put the value in that position, you know. So maybe that's that's that might be a little bit of their downfall there. Yeah, I'd say just get some money and put it towards a goaltender next season if, if uh, Colorado wants to come back and be a little bit better and going into the second round at the very least. Um, any final comments, though, from this series you want to bring up? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, seeing Seattle in that second round. Um, hopefully they, they keep the, uh, the the speed up and, and the pressure up and, and you know, and keep the, you know, the goals coming because they're, they're fun to watch. Yeah, for sure they are. All right, so next series we got Minnesota versus Dallas. Dallas took this one in six games, four to two. Rope Hintz leads the the – the playoffs with points. He got 12 points in that series. And Tyler Sagan had to step step up for Joe Pavelski due to a concussion that Pavelski sustained in game one from a hit on Max Dum- Matt Dumba. Excuse me. I thought the hit was clean. Uh, unfortunate that Pavelski was hurt on the play. But Sagan, Sagan really stepped up. He had four goals in the, in the series, all on the power play, all because he was in front of the net, which is usually where Pavelski's at. So him stepping up and doing that for – for Joe, I mean, really put a big stress reliever off of that team, able to win in six games. I thought Minnesota's goalie situation was weird going into the series. I thought they, they may go with Flurry just because of the experience. Ended up going with Gustafson. After game one, seemed like it was the right decision. All of a sudden, they take him out, put in Flurry for game two, and I think that's where they the downfall started. I think Dallas took way too much of an advantage on, on them scoring, I think, six or seven in game two on flower. He got yanked for game three. Gustafson sat a whole game really was not the same Gustafson afterwards. And I think it cost Minnesota in the end. I think if you keep Gustafson in for the whole series and don't worry about bringing in flurry for any sort of stat line that they, that they were doing it for. 
I think maybe they move on to the next round, at least make it to seven games, though. But anyways, what did you think about this series? Yeah, you know, I was disappointed that Minnesota didn't win. You know, I'm always rooting for – I like Flurry, you know, so I was rooting for Flurry. And like you said, they I think they put him in so he can make some kind of milestone on playoff games, you know, that he's been in um, in game two. Uh, you know, to, to, to pull the goal, the other goalie out, just Gustafson, because, you know, for rest, it was only game two. It was it was only the second game of the series. It just started. I, don't, I can't imagine them being, being that much rest. Um, and, and it did hurt them. You know, they, they jumped all over on that game, and, and it, it was tough to come back, you know. And then, you know, you put Gustafson for, you know, for the rest of the games up until the third, you know, the last period of game seven. I thought Minnesota would do a little bit more, you know. Kaprizov didn't really do a whole lot there, um, you know. Uh, you know. He's their big star. He, he did get all season and just didn't didn't contribute as much in the in the in the playoffs here as I thought he would. You know, I thought he'd be more, a little more of a difference maker. I think that was due to the fact that he got cross checked by Suter in front of the net, and Minnesota fans hate Ryan Suter now mainly because of that as well. And I don't think he was the same after that that cross check to the back. So maybe he was dealing with an injury and had to play through it, but I also agree Kaprizov needs to step up. If you're going to be the star player on, the, on a team like this, you got to step up and score goals. Yeah. No. I also think they got hosed a lot. I think Felino got hosed a lot on penalties, whether it was uh, should have been a penalty or should not have been a penalty. It seemed like Felino was on the opposite side of what should have been happening. So I don't want to blame penalty. refs, but because of our relationship – Two two refs. I don't want to blame refs, but I want to just. It raised me a lot of question marks, and it made it hard for me to defend these refs in in certain situations because there was definitely some moments where I'm like, Felino should not be getting called there, or Felino should be getting a call there going his way. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe something with with him, you know, directly. I, I don't know what his history is. Um, I didn't know. I I didn't watch all these games, so I don't have a. a lot to big opinion about it just i think it's to see a lot of them but uh the, the ones i did see you know it, it was you know dallas was was taking control of them you know it, it, yeah. it's, it's a lot of it's it's obinger you know he's 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 solid back there he always looks good you know even last year and he's continuing in this year in the playoffs he you know he looks good he he could you know steal some games for you yeah that, he that, seems that, like he's a great goalie that he could control a game and whether he he gives up a lot of goals in the beginning he's able to kind of get get it all back together in the second period and kind of rally the team back together, whether it's him just performing or whether him in the locker room, it seems like Ottinger on that team has been a really big positive, especially when you mentioned last year against Calgary uh, in that seven game series. Yeah. They, they should have won that one. He, he should have won that one. I think he did win it. If his team didn't help him. Yeah, no, it, Ottinger definitely won that series. He can't score goals because if he could score goals, he would have definitely won that series for sure. Yeah, no, I, it, it, I'm looking, you know, looking forward to the second round with Dallas. You know, I think they're, you know, they have some, some, some big guys and, and, and a solid team out there. I think they could, you know, they're, they'll be one of the, one of the, the tougher teams in the, in the West. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Any final comments before we move on? No, let's go on to the next one. All right. So we got Los Angeles versus Edmonton. So, Edmonton able to take this one in six games, four to two. Leon Dreisaitl and the power play for Edmonton was excellent. Over 50% um, 
conversion rate for the power play, excuse me, Leon just pretty much absolutely destroying this one. McDavid was a lot more quieter in this one, but was not gone. He did score. He did get points. Um, but it was mainly Leon Dreisaitl's taking over for this one. L.A., I thought they played really well. Definitely played really well in game six. It was just the games leading up to that. Game five, I believe it was, um, out in Edmonton, where it seemed like it was going to be a back-and-forth game, and yet they had to yank, uh, what's his name, Corpusalo, and they bring in Copley, and yeah, it just did not work out. And game six came around. Must win game in, in, in your home rink, and it, they just did not have enough for it. So I, I think goalie situation was not bad, but I think that game five really messed them up, and mo- more momentum for Edmonton really is, makes that team scary. Yeah, no, the, the Edmonton is good, and you know the Kings were spotting them goals early in the first period, like every game, especially the ones up in Edmonton. Yeah, you know it's hard to play when you're two goals down, and that's what they were doing. Um, I don't think you're going to win a, 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 a track race with, with those guys. You know, they, they have a lot of offensive firepower. Um, you know, L.A., you know, kind of pride themselves on, on having that good shutdown defense, you know, where they could match up really good with anybody's top line and, and, and put a stop on them. You know, and, and with Edmonton, you got to stop McDavid. And for the for the most part, L.A. did, you know. Um, they they kind of held him in check, and that's what that's the only thing you can do, and you hope that the rest of the team doesn't beat you. And the rest of the team, in this case, you know, Dreisaitl beat him. You know, it, and it's it wasn't that LA played bad. Um, Edmonton played really good. You know, especially you know you take penalties and if you're scoring on, you know, more than half the you know half your power plays, it, it, it adds up at the end. It adds up at the end. It, it's hard to win a game when you're giving up 50% of goals on, on power plays. Yeah. It, it just came down to like, you got to stay out of the box and yeah, you're going to get called here and there for stuff that like, maybe it was a trip. Yeah. You know, stick was in a bad spot. It's, it's just a lazy penalty. But when you're going up against a team like Edmonton, who pretty much thrives on the power play, you got to be extra cautious. And it just felt like, even though, they went in when you're right. They had the mentality of like, yeah, we can go up against anybody's offense. And you got Dowdy and Anderson as their top line, and they seem to be really good shutdown, but they can't be out there every single minute. So you got to rely on your other guys out there, your other four defensemen. And it just seemed like you, you're relying on those guys way too much, especially against a power play that, that seems to know where everybody's at at every moment. I don't know how they do it, but you can't be taking penalties every single minute. No, it felt I- like it was, it was way too often. And even Edmonton, when they had possession in, in the offensive zone, they looked like they were on the power play when it was even strength. Um, they, you know, they, they maintain possession a lot. It, it's it's just kind of crazy how they do that. And they put just enough pressure at the, you know, at the blue line to where they, the other team, the defense team, LA couldn't couldn't clear the couldn't clear the zone, and it killed them a couple times. You know, we get those long shifts, and they gave up some goals. Um, you know, you get a little uh, little shout out to. Uh, to my buddy uh, Darren at work, he uh, he had, he noticed that Byfield was on the ice every time there was a bad goal scored against the Kings. His plus minus must be terrible. It's been terrible for Jeez. the series. He was just out there for it seems like every goal that Edmonton scored, Byfield was there and just like watching someone score. That's tough because that's the guy that they drafted high. I think he was what third overall in his draft class, and you get you expect him to be the face of the, the Kings in a couple of years. So to hear that, that that's tough. 
Yeah, he's a big kid. I mean, he, maybe he'll he'll grow into it. He just he's not there right now, and it, it, yeah. it showed. It hurt him. It hurt him when he was on the ice a little bit. No, yeah, and it it's a young kid playing in his first playoffs against a team that's Edmonton. You're playing against a top two two players in the league that seem to score no matter where they're at. So yeah, it's a tough matchup, but you also you gotta you're expected to do well. Right. I, I was I was hoping the Kings would win. You know, hometown team here, but. Yeah, I'm not surprised that Edmonton, you know, is making it through. Yeah, same idea. I wanted LA hometown team, but it's hard to go against a team that looks like looks so good in Edmonton. But they're Canadian team, so it's like it was yeah. even easier to root against them. I'll still root against them every 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 game, you know, and I won't be surprised when they win. Yeah, it that that's exactly how I feel. I'll root against them, but if they win, I'm not surprised. But before we move on. LA, do you see where do you see these guys in the future? You got Kovatar, he's coming up on the end. You got Dowdy, he's coming up at the end. You got Quick, who's who left the team due to a trade, bad management stuff. We won't get into that. But you got this team that's getting older when it comes to their their star players. Do you see them staying around for much longer and being at a competitive rate? Do you see LA taking pretty much giving them the, the quick treatment and saying, like, hey, like We'll give you this much money if you want it. Awesome. If not, we'll trade you. I don't know. You know, I mean, some of those guys like like Kopitar and, and you know and Dowdy, you know, they, they still can't perform. Um, but I think they do need to get a little bit younger. You know, maybe change it up a little bit. They have like a good young core that's coming up. That's good. You know, I like Kempe. He's he's good. Fiala's good. Um, you know, they have some solid. They have a solid base that they could build on. Um, I think they they have the potential to. To stay relative in the West, uh, but they do need a. Um, I don't want to say veteran leadership because they have those veterans. You know, maybe they need to shake it up a little bit, though. Okay, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that because, like, yeah, Fiala's really good. That was a great person to bring in. Arvidsson seemed to be a really great guy to bring in there. Then you got like Byfield, who should be getting better as his he puts more years on his uh on his wheels. And then you got Corpus Solo, who should be staying there for a while. Phoenix Copley, they signed to another year for next year. So you got guys that are going to come back. So the team's going to look very similar, I think, next year. But it's just, I don't know how competitive the older guys are going to be. Kobertar had a career year. Dowdy had a pretty good year as well. So will these guys bring the same energy next year? I think they'll try, but I don't know if it's going to be the same exact numbers. I think they're going to decline, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I hope they I hope they stay up there. I mean, I hope they're just right up there, second place to you know the Ducks. But um, I don't I don't think I think they're gonna make a I think they're gonna make a couple deals on the, in the off season here before next season. Between, I think they need, I think they need to co- in order to to stay near the top. Okay, I I could see that I could see that happen. Between Dowdy and Kobitar, if you had to choose one to to stay on your team for next season, who are you gonna choose? I Kopitar. Kopitar, I I'm the same way. I think him defensively as that you got that centerman. You play on the power play. You can play on the PK. I think he he brings more first versatility to the team. Yep, I I think he he brings more. I think he's 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 more a little more stable and he brings more to the team as a whole than than Dowdy would. And Dowdy is super greasy. No one talks about that. The hair looks like it's dirty all the time. I don't know what he does. Does he put something extra in it? Is it something special for it? Or I don't know what's going on with that thing. 
I don't know why no one talks about it. I think we're the only people in the world that talk about his hair, and it's so gross looking. Yeah, it, it, I think it looks pretty bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Anyways, any final comments from the series, whether it's Edmonton, L.A., both of them? Anything you want to bring up? Um, no, you know, I mean, I guess the only thing I can say is, you know, um, Dreisaitl's healthy this year in the playoffs, and look what he can do when he's healthy. It, it, it's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah, you got a good point there. All right, so we'll move on to the last series of round one. We had Winnipeg versus Vegas. This was a five-game series going Vegas' way. After losing bad in game one, Vegas won four straight, one at home, or two at home, two on the road. Outstanding performance by Vegas. You take away game one, Barceau was the guy. He absolutely killed it. I can't remember what the numbers were. I should have wrote them down, but it, the numbers were like, if you take away game one and you take away the, the couple shorthanded goals he gave up, he's got like a 950 save percentage even strength. Like that's, that's the guy that you want to have. You want a 950 save percentage even strength. Uh, shorthanded goals, that's definitely not on him. Somehow somebody got behind the defense. You got an extra guy. There's no reason to have someone behind you. So anyways, Brasso seems to be the guy in, in Vegas. I was hoping it was going to be quick. They brought him in for that reason. I don't know where Brasso came from at the end of the year. Seemed like he just lit it up, took over quick spot. But I was a little bit hoping for that Vegas-LA matchup. And you have quick at least one game to play against his old team. And if he gets the win, let him stay in there. If he gets the loss... A little bit deflating, but I, I still wanted to see him play that one game against L.A. in the next round. But Stevenson had a good series, though. Plays a lot on the PK. You get him. Uh, he's a big uh, centerman. Gets a lot of face-offs. Had eight points. Looked really good in the, in the final game, game five. He got two goals. So Vegas looks really good. Kind of the same Vegas team that from a couple years ago. They missed the playoffs last year, so you haven't seen playoffs in two years from Vegas. Winnipeg, I thought, was going to do a lot better, especially you got that whiteout. That whiteout's awesome. They weren't able to perform in that whiteout, so tough performance from Winnipeg. Vegas just absolutely dominated in the last four games of that series. But, Dad, what do you think about this series? What do you think from Vegas' perspective? Yeah, I didn't watch a lot of these games, and I don't know where this Brousseau came from. You know, he was, I guess he's like a 30-year-old goalie that just never heard of him before. Um, I guess like he's, they had a lot of injuries in the goal. Um, Vegas did throughout the year, and they brought him in. I like, I thought they were going to give Quick a chance. You know, he he played decent enough at the end of the season. Yeah, I thought he, you know, kind of maybe deserved a chance to, to play in the playoffs, but not yet. Um, maybe you know, maybe this round. Um, never know what's going on. Although Brousseau's, you know, he's looking good, so it's, it's going to be tough to to take him out. I think it's it's his net to, it's his net right now. So they're not going to pull him unless they have to. Um, it's yeah, always I, I, mean, I like to see Vegas do well. You know, it's it's that new team. You know, you always, you know, kind of still have that underdog because they're, they're, you know, the new expansion team, fairly new expansion team. So I like to see them do, do good. Um, you know, Winnipeg is it's one of those places where, you know, no one ever, who wants to be in Winnipeg? So I don't really, you know, follow them too much. I don't really know them very well. Um, it just seems like that's where, you know, you send people who are bad at hockey or, or you know, you don't, you want them to, to quit because you'll send them to Winnipeg, you know, like banishing them. Kind of like Cleveland of football. You send them to Cleveland. Oh man, that's 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 brutal. Cleveland's, nice. <laughs> Cleveland's a, a, it's an okay city. Yeah, but just the comparison, pretty close. Or <laughs> yeah. Buffalo back in the back in the early. 2000s. Oh yeah, Buffalo. We send, yeah, we sent it to Buffalo. Snow, cold. No one wants to go there. 
yeah. But uh, yeah, Brasso playing against his former team. He was he was released by Winnipeg. I don't know last season or the season before, but he was in that Winnipeg organization. So that's got to be a great feeling, knowing that they didn't really give you a chance because they have Hellebuck, which I don't blame him. Hellebuck's a top goaltender in the league. Vesda finalist pretty much every other year, if not every year. So I'm not surprised to let him go. It's just got to be a good feeling for Brousseau to go against his former team and outperform the guy who had his spot. Yeah, I think you always try a little bit harder when you're going against that team that didn't take a chance on you. Um, yeah. But Hellebuck is the only name I know from Winnipeg. I couldn't name you one. I couldn't name one other player on that team besides Hellebuck. And I feel like that's the case for a lot of people. I mean, you got a, you got a team that. I didn't even know for the longest time was first in the central and I was doing an episode and I was like, Whoa, they're first in the central. Like they, no one talks about them. No one really knows big names since line. A left that team. There really has not been a superstar player on that team for them. They got Nikolai Ehlers who seemed to be healthy, but just did not perform. You got Blake Wheeler who was stripped of the captaincy uh, before the start of the season. So you got a lot of like drama in that, in that locker room there. And I would have expected Hellebuck to pretty much steal a game or two. And it just didn't seem like he got enough of the just offense. But defensively, I think he was led out to dry a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it wasn't – like I said, I, I'm glad Vegas is moving on. So that's, that's all, that's all yeah. I really have to say about it. You know, I don't have really an opinion about Winnipeg, you know, about, about their play. Didn't watch it enough to, to really form a, a real good opinion about it. Yeah. No, well said. Honestly, just well said. Um, All right, so that'll wrap up round one. You got any final comments from round one? Anything you want to bring up? No, just I love playoff hockey. It's exciting. There's good games on every single night. You know? Yeah. Watching games, you know, every night for the next month. It's great. And it's only going to get better. I will say. It's only going to get better. Oh, yeah, it's going to get better for sure. Yet the higher intensity of the game, the better the, the competition will be. And it, it's just going to get better the, the more you, the, the playoffs go along. Yeah, round one was good, and I'm looking forward to round two. I will say, I think this is probably the, the craziest round one we've seen in a long time when it comes to, like, favorites not winning. Because you got Boston losing, you got Tampa losing, you got the Rangers losing, you got the Avalanche losing. It's just it's team after team that you expected to win the Stanley Cup preseason – and then they don't even make it out of the first round. So I, yeah, it's it a was, wild first there round. There was lots of upsets. Lots of upsets this first round, which is, isn't typical for a, a, a season, a, a hockey season. So it, it makes it would, fun. You know, it makes it fun. I was just about to say, it makes it awesome. It makes it way more exciting for the next round. And I was, I was before we move on to that, there's only two teams that have won a Stanley Cup that's remaining in the playoffs in the modern era. Do you know who those two teams are? In, what do you consider the modern era? I think they considered it two thousands, so the last twenty years, twenty two years. God, so that's twenty two years. It's going to be what? Carolina. And yeah, Carolina's one. Florida. Florida does not have one. They don't have one. Like Carolina. Well, Toronto hasn't won in fifty years. Seattle's never won. <laughs> Dallas. Edmonton hasn't won since the 90s. I don't believe. Vegas never won. So who is it then? Is it New Jersey? Jersey. 
And they beat yeah, the Ducks? It, they beat the Ducks in seven games. It's a, a painful remit. Um, yeah, I blocked memory. that one out. That's why I didn't want to say anything. But that was that, when Brodeur won that one. Even though Brodeur won the, killed it. Jaguar had the the MVP for that series, even though they lost. I mean, I know this is 2003, and I was only one, and I don't remember any of this. But I look back at at those numbers and stuff like that. If if uh, Anaheim wins that that Stanley Cup, it's all Jiggy. Jiggy's going up in the Raptors. He's going as like an all-time great. He's still one of like the all-time greats of Anaheim players. But you put a Stanley Cup on – you put two Stanley Cups because he won in 07 as well to his name. You get way more talks about Jaguar. I, nobody talks about him nowadays. No, they don't. And it's too bad because he was, he was a good goalie. Yeah. And did a lot of it in Anaheim, which is outstanding because you don't hear Anaheim coming up with a lot of these – Big names besides Tamu, maybe even Getzloff, but Getzloff doesn't even get talked about either. Not yet. Wait till we get Bedard. Ooh, draft lotteries on Monday. I'm real excited for that. Yep. So yep. hopefully Anaheim gets Bedard. We'll really see. We'll see. It might be stacked against us. You never know. Usually is, but we can always hope. Yep. Twenty five percent. That's pretty good. It is. It is. We'll just uh, keep our fingers crossed. Yep. All right, Dad, let's move on to round two. So let's get into our predictions. So, again, game ones have, have played out for every team. We're going into this as if we have not seen game one. Game ones have not played out. So we'll give you our predictions, and then we'll update you at the very end what happened in game one for each of these games. So Florida and Toronto, what is your prediction? I know you said you had a big hot take on this one, so I wanted you to take the reins on this. What is your prediction for this series? Who's going to win? What's going to happen? Players okay. to watch out for? Anything? Florida's going to win. I think Florida's going to win this series. I don't, I don't have any confidence in Toronto. I think they're going to choke. Um, it just happened around later than typical, than usual for them. Um, my big thing is, though, you, you, you're going to love this one. Uh, Gouda. Gudis? Gudis. 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 His beard is going to make three saves and steal game four. For the what? <laughs> that, have you seen that beard? It could stop a slap shot. <laughs> look, take a look at that thing. Not, not like online where you see his his stock photo. When you when they go to him on on the ice, oh my god, that thing is awesome. <laughs> so Gouda's beard is gonna come up big in Game Four, and they're gonna win that one. That's the wildest hot take I've ever heard on any podcast or sports talk show ever. Well, there you go. It's, it's a first. Um, no, I think I think Florida's going to win. Um, you know, I, I don't like Kachuk, but I like him for the fact that he's a villain. You know, people like to root against people, and he's that kind of guy that no one likes unless he's on your team, and then you like him. So it's, it's good to have personality. He's got personality, and, and that makes him kind of fun to watch. Um like he is a good player. I mean, he makes things happen. But, uh, you know, yeah. when you add that little bit of personality, that little bit of, you know, he's got some arrogance to him, and a little bit of attitude, it just makes it kind of fun to see what, what he's going to do. You know, there's a little bit of a showmanship to it, too, which, which you know, makes hockey exciting. It's uh, fun to watch. But, and he really had a lot to prove this, this season with being traded from Carolina. Yeah, he had to okay the trade and say, yeah, Florida's fine. But I mean, he pretty much proved to Car- or Calgary that 
Did I say Carolina? I meant Calgary. Yeah, Calgary. Did, he proved to Calgary that, like, you should not have gotten rid of me because Huberdell had a terrible year. But Kachuk just did not skip a beat. And he's in the playoffs, and he's in round two of the playoffs. So it seems like losing Kachuk hurt Calgary and benefited Florida in a huge way. Oh, yeah. It, it, he's a step up, I think, from Huberdell um, on the ice. There's more upside to, to Kachuk, definitely. Yeah, he, for sure. He had a good year, and he's. I think he's going to have a good playoff run here. Yeah. Uh, so you had the same pages I do in front of me, in front of you. Um, you already know my prediction. I think Florida's also going to win this one. I think it's going to be a seven-game series, though. I think it's going to go back and forth. I don't know if Florida's going to be able to win back-to-back on the road, if they can, like a game five and a game seven. So they're going to have to steal one in the first two games, I think. And it, in order to get to a game seven, potentially winning. Um, but I think Florida's going to win. I think Bobrovsky's going to steal some games, whether that's games at home, whether that's games on the road. I think Bobrovsky's going to pretty much run the table against Toronto. He's a good goalie. Everyone belittles him with the contract and his numbers in Florida. But when it comes to playoffs, he really does step up. And I really liked him in the last series against Boston. Boston really did not have an answer for him. And I think Bobrovsky is going to be the one to really step up for them. I think if they do make a good run, though, Brandon Montour is going to have to continue what he's doing now. I, I like what you said about Kachuk. I think offensively and being a little pest that he is, he's going to make a big deal going against like, like Matthews and O'Reilly and Tavares. I think he's going to get under their skin a lot. But defensively, you got to have like Ekblad and Montour really step up to the plate. And Montour has just been killing it. He had a great game seven. If he stays out of the box, he's going to be a consummate potential winner if they make it to the finals, I that's, believe. That's the big thing. He has to stay out of the box. He can't be taking penalties. Um, and if he does that, I think you know, it, it'll make a big difference. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's my, my biggest hot take from this series is Bobrovsky gonna steal some, is going to steal some games. And – if they're going to get past this one, I think they're going to go to the finals. I don't care who they play against in the next round. I think they'll make it to the finals. And I think Brandon Montour was the con smite, whether they win it or whether they lose it. I, I think if they're going to make it that far, it's going to be Montour really helping them out. Yeah, yeah, a lot of predictions there. Yeah. I mean, this is what this show is. We, yeah. we predict stuff. We throw out crazy ideas, and who knows? Maybe they come out. So – any final comments from the Florida Toronto series that you want to bring up? No, just it'll it'll be fun to watch Toronto look all disappointed, you know, when Florida. Oh, I love when they cry. And then they'll blame the refs, and then they'll they'll probably blame the goalie, and and they'll you know run everyone out of town for next season. You said it perfectly. You said it perfectly. We'll move on. New Jersey and Carolina. Uh, we'll start off with you, Dad. What do you think of this series is going to be like? All right, this is kind of—I mean, this is one of those series. Like, like I said before, Carolina in round one was just kind of boring hockey. They didn't do much. You know, it wasn't intriguing to watch at all. It didn't make you want to change the channel to turn that one on when two games were on at one time. Um, Jersey's is kind of not the same way, but it's—it's it's that good team that you just don't know about. You know, they don't talk about them during the year because they're the second team in New York. You know. Almost the third team in New York, if you want to take the Islanders, if you consider that New York, they're way out in Long Island. So it doesn't really count. But, you know, in New York, I mean, I would take Buffalo over them. They're the second team there, you know, so you never get talked about. Um, but, you know, they're they're a solid team. And I, I'd like to see 
I, I, I want to see New Jersey win this. You know, I want to see, you know, Hughes, you know, make it, make an impact, get to the next round and, and make it, make a run here. Um, you know, with Carolina, you know, I think, you know, going with, I think they need to stick with Anderson and net, you know, I think he was, you know, he, he was kind of a good solid presence back there at the end of the, the first round. And I think he can continue that. Hopefully um, New Jersey can figure him out and get some goals on him um, to, to make it past this first round. But um, I think it's, it's going to be a pretty even match. Um, I just, I just hope New Jersey wins just because I'd like to see them move past, move past this round. Well said. Yeah, I also got New Jersey. I think it's going to be a five-game series. I think New Jersey has so much so much momentum from that Rangers series that they're just going to come out buzzing. I think five games, they're going to just absolutely mop the floor with Carolina. I think Schmidt's going to be the person that's going to really honestly just decide the, the series for him. He had a great series against New York, and New York, I think, is a better team than Carolina, whether you look at stats or not. I think just roster-wise, and you put them all together, I think Carolina's weaker. So I, I think Schmidt's not going to have a problem. I think Jack Hughes is going to step up. He seemed to have a really good series last last round. I think he's going to have another good series. With Carolina's situation, yeah, I agree with the goalies. I think Anderson has to stay. I think Ronsa played pretty well in the beginning, but you can't keep flip-flopping goalies this late in the, in the playoffs. I think you got to stick with one guy. I think Anderson's your better choice as long as he stays healthy. Anderson and Ronsa have a terrible history of injuries. And whether that means it's as little as a pulled muscle or a cramp or a big thing like concussions with both of these guys, you, you don't know what you're going to get. Are we going to see an e-bug? That would be wild. If we saw an e-bug in the playoffs. This is the one that could do it, right? Because, you know, This Carolina. would be the series. I this just, would be I'm the just, series. I'm just – two things. You know, Schmidt is – you know, he was, he was he's kind of a big – Solid guy, you know, knows his, you know, plays the angles. He's just boring to watch. He doesn't have, you know, not a whole lot of movement. He's just in the right spot. It's just, you know, it's good when you're out there because it's that nice kind of calm presence out there, but it's just kind of not fun to watch. Um, I'm just disappointed that there's not another Ajo out there. You know, maybe Caroline needs to get an Ajo. So if we have another (laughs) Ajo versus Ajo matchup. That's wild. Two Sebastian Ajos. And they're not even from the same nation. No, that was it was when, we, when I saw them both in the penalty boxes at the same time. That was great. That that, that, that made the first round. That's crazy. That's the only reason to watch that last round. The only reason to watch that series. Yeah, uh, when, when it comes to Carolina though, last year or the year before when they played Boston, they barrel rolled through the those teams beforehand. They got to Boston. They got swept in the later round. I think it's going to be the same situation with this New Jersey against New Jersey. They Carolina seems to get out of the first round super easy. No one expects them to lose. They go into a team that is somewhat competitive and they fold. They whether it's they get swept or whether they get they lose in seven games, they don't seem to be having that finishing mentality, I guess, even though it's a series. It just seems like they they kind of curl up in a ball and they hide when they get to a, a team that's really gonna like give them some some games. And I think New Jersey is going to give Carolina some run for their money. So I, have, I like New Jersey a lot. They have that potential to have Carolina just sort of shrivel up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe Carolina does pop out and, and they're actually have that team that finally is able to, to make a deep run. But I think New Jersey's at the point where they're happy with where they're at now. And if they lose this series, I think they'll, they'll still be happy with the expectations that they had in the beginning of the year. 
So I think they're going to throw everything out there and they don't care if they lose. So you're going to get a really hard-fought uh, New Jersey Devils team. Yep, I hope, I hope to see that. I hope, I, hope, I hope it happens like that. All right, you ready to move on to the next, next series? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so we got Seattle and Dallas. I'll, I'll start off with this one. I think Seattle wins in six games. I think Ottinger is going to be the guy that's going to make it go six games, though. I think Dallas is does not have that roster to go far in the games. Pavelski's still uh, a coin flip for game one. He's a game-time decision. So he if he's not in, that's still a huge asset missing for them in the center circle, on the power play, offensive, anything. Pavelski's usually that guy. So Sagan will have to step up. I don't know if Sagan could do that again. I think Seattle has so much momentum after that first game or first seven games. That first series was great by Seattle, and I think they're going to be rewarded with taking – they're going to take a lot of risks. I think they're going to be rewarded because no matter what happens this series, they're they're just like New Jersey, I think. They're happy with where they're at. They're not expected to be in this position right now. So who cares if they go out and they lose in six games? Who cares if they go out and get swept? I think Seattle's going to try their hardest, and I think they're going to win this one in six games. But I do think Ottinger keeps Dallas in this series. What do you got, though? All right, I've got Dallas winning this series. Like you said, Seattle's got nothing to lose. No one's expecting them to get – they didn't expect to get out of the first round. So the second round, they don't have that expectation. They don't have that pressure on them. You know, they just go out there, try to play their game, and and hopefully win win some games. Um, I think they will win some games. I just don't think they'll win four against Dallas. Um, Ottinger is going to be big. I think you know he'll have, he'll he'll be his typical South back there. Um, he'll keep him in every game and hopefully steal one or two of them. And I, you know that's what you need from them. Um, Robertson needs to do a little bit more. Uh, I think he needs to. You know, he, he he was good during the year. Um, you know, had a lot had a lot of goals this year, but hasn't really I think he needs to step up more and, and do a little bit more against Seattle in this series in order for them to move off. Uh, Seattle I totally forgot about Robertson. I, I, I didn't anything. even mention him because I totally forgot about him. He's not that, that was a great point. So he needs great to point. step up. Um hopefully Pavelski comes back. He, you know, he's that veteran leader on the team. You know, so I think that, you know, the team rallies around him, you know, when he's that when he's out there, it helps him. Um you know, Seattle has some some strong points. You know, you know, was it Borkstrand? You know, he's he's he could be a difference maker right now. You know, he he ended that first series, you know, on, on a real high, and I think he could continue that in the second round here. Um, so that that's going to be tough for for Dallas. Um, you know, Dallas is one of those bigger teams that likes to play physical. Um, so you know, I think you know with Seattle on their forecheck, you know, it'll be an interest, interesting thing to watch. Um, you know, to see how they how they handle that. I think it's going to be a fun series to watch, you know. Like you said, you know, Seattle's got nothing to lose, so they're going to go all in. You know, Dallas, I think, is the better team. You know, they should they should win this this series. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's why you got to play the games. But I, I, I have Dallas winning this one. Okay. I like that we're, we're not the same on this one because we have a lot of similar ideas. Um, it could be because I'm your son, so we, we think a lot of the like. But I'm glad that we have something different here because we could – at least debate this a little bit. If Pavelski does come back in this series, I do think it will go seven games, but I don't know if Dallas will still win it though. I mean, that's my biggest problem is, do you think you, you said the four check, the, the no expect expectations of being this far for Seattle. Do you, does that worry you that Dallas is going to take this too lightly and they're not going to be ready for a team like that? No, 
I don't. I don't think so. I. I still think Dallas is a better team. You know, they some of their guys need to step up and 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 take control here. Like 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 we said, Robinson. He haven't done anything yet. He needs to do something this series. And if he does, then you know that'll neutralize you know some of the stuff that Seattle has. Um, so you know it, it'll be fun to watch. I still think Dallas is the stronger team. I think I think they're going to get past Seattle on this one. But yeah. Seattle's going to make it interesting. You know that that's that, that's the fun thing about it. So they're going to make it interesting. So I'm looking forward to, to watching this one. All right. Any final comments that you want to bring out for this series? Uh, no. Let's just get to the next one. All right, so we got Edmonton and Vegas. This is going to be a good series. You got Edmonton, 56.2% of the power play conversion, uh, and Vegas on the PK, 58.3%. So really bad penalty kill, really good power play. Should go in Edmonton's favor. I got Vegas in six games. I don't think either should win. I I have a, a hard time rooting for Canadian teams, as I express a lot on this show. Um, I have a hard time rooting for Vegas because of the way they treat their players. Just kind of like, if you're not performing right now, like I'm a huge Flurry fan, them shipping them off to Chicago and, and everything like that. I thought they did that poorly. And I think Vegas is going to win this one by in six games, but I don't really want to root for either of them. I think McDavid is going to have to come up with a big game though. Dreisaitl is killing it. He's going to continue to keep on going with this. But McDavid is due for a big game. I expect it to be a game that he's at home for, either game three or four. But we will have to see. I think Drysaddle continues, though, at being that top player of the series, potentially. But what do you got for this series? Yeah, you know, it, it, I'm kind of in the same mindset. You know, I'd love to see Vegas win just because I don't want to see Edmonton move on. But I do believe Edmonton's going to win this one. Um the, the I think the hardest matchup for Edmonton was against LA with with the, with the way the defense is on LA you know on their defensive mindedness, um, so I think they match up better against Vegas than they do LA. Like you said, Drysaddle's killing it right now, you know he's he's almost the, the he's he's the he's the best player on Edmonton right now. You know McDavid gets a lot of a lot of talking about, but Drysaddle's actually performing right now. You know, maybe yeah. it's because you know McDavid's you know taking all the pressure. You know they're, they're keen on him, so it's even though oh, the guy's open, which is which is what, how it works out. You know you, you got to hope that, that that other the other team steps up. You know when someone's double teamed, that means someone's open. You know one guy has two guys on him, someone's open. So they're finding those open guys right now. Um, and when you can't, you know when you're scoring on every other power play, it's it's tough to lose those games. It's, it's tough to play against that. Um, they're gonna put a lot of goals up. They're gonna put, they're gonna score a lot of goals, um, and you know Vegas. I hope Vegas finds a way to shut down McDavid, and then that they their only chances if Edmonton, the rest of the Edmonton team doesn't step up and and cover for McDavid. You know if they if they shut him down, um, you know Kings tried that, it didn't work. You know the rest of the team, you know came up and 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 brought the play up. And scored the goals and got the wins, and I think this it'll continue on this series as well. I'd love to see Vegas win, but I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and you look at the the power play to penalty kill ratio. Vegas is not a good penalty kill team. This this last series they did not do good. I think they're more offensive minded when it comes to the defense. You got Petrangelo and Theodore who are very good offensively. I think Martinez is good balance, but. You got you got the the team that's a little bit more offensive minded against a team that 
is so fast on the on the breakouts and Edmonton, and you got players that McDavid, no one could touch. So if if it's coming down to you got to have a strong defense, I think Vegas is going to struggle really big. And who knows? Maybe Stuart Skinner turns out to be one of the better better players in this series, and maybe he steals a game or two in Vegas. But I think he's going to have to to prove to me that for me to pick him over a guy like Brassois, um, who's been absolutely killing it. And if he doesn't do well, you got Jonathan Quick as your backup, who's a veteran guy who's been in the situation before, who knows how to play in the playoffs. He's won two cups. You, him and Martinez together, so he trusts Martinez in front of him. And you got you got a team in Vegas that seems to always perform. You 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 can't win at home or on the road against a team like Vegas. You got the pregame show. You got all the hype. You got the crazy atmosphere there in Vegas. Everybody wants to see Vegas win. It's going to be hard to steal one on the road, and you got to take one on the road if you're Edmonton. Yeah, you you do, and I I do love the fact that Vegas their fans show up to the games. You don't see a whole lot of the other team jerseys in that in that arena, yeah. which is good. I mean, that's a good home ice advantage. That's that's why you have home ice advantage. And and Vegas, their fans, you know, step up. Even though they're new fans, they're they're there supporting, it, and that makes it. I think that'll make a difference. Um, Vegas needs to be physical with Edmonton to try to neutralize some of that speed. Um, I don't know if, if they can do it for too long without, you know, it's, it's tough. You have that fine line of being physical, but staying out of the box. Yeah. You, know, you need to stay out of the box, but you definitely need to, you know, be, be you know, hitting these guys as well. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's tough, you know, and I do hope, like you said, you know, just my final thought, I hope, I hope they, you know, quick gets a chance this one. You know, I don't know if he's got a whole lot of years left in him, um, you know, what, what he'll do after this year or, you know, where he'll be. So it'd be nice if he got, had a chance to, to, to get in the game here in this series or, you know, or, or later on down the road here. Yeah, no, I agree. I hope Quick does get a game, whether it's because he's coming in relief or whether it's because an injury. Hopefully, Brusswell's not injured or anything like that. I don't hope for anyone to get injured. But I, I hope for Quick to get a chance. Yep, me too. All right, any final comments from round two predictions since we got through all the themes? No, you know, I'm a little more excited about round two. You know, it's, you know, you kind of get rid of those, those, fringe teams and now you know now it's so it's more exciting and you 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 whittle down and it, it'll be good series this this this, uh, this round so i'm looking forward to every game and the good thing is no matter who wins the cup it's going to be a new team that wins the cup cuz carolina is the most recent cup winner out of all these teams and that was in 2006 so you got a team that no matter who's going to win this you're either going to get a first canadian team since 93 or you're going to get a first first team since 2006 for some of these guys. So it's, it's going to be fun to see a new group of guys lifting the cup this year. Or an expansion team. That would be, that would be really cool to see. Or an expansion team. You're right. Yeah. We got two expansion teams still. Um, Yeah. So it should be really exciting. So before we let you go, let, let's get into game ones. So our game ones did end. We are recording this after the Vegas versus Edmonton game. So let's go back and let's go to Florida and Toronto. So game one ended Florida's way four to two victory for them. So they're at one zero in the series. They started off hot a two zero win or two zero in the first period cousins and Bennett scoring um, goals. Bennett with his fourth cousins with his first Matthew Nyes gets on the board. It's his first goal in the national hockey league. And it comes from Austin Matthews. Matthews drug a lot of players out onto his side ended up leaving Nyes wide open in the middle, and he ended up burying it, beating Bobrovsky. So 
uh, it was 2-1. Bunting ended up tying it up not, not long after. It was Carter Verhage, though, that took the lead on a breakaway goal, his third of the year. Absolutely buried it. No chance for Samsonov on the shot. Great shot by Verhage. And Montour in the third period, getting his sixth of the playoffs. As I said, Montour's got to step up and continue his, his offense, and he did this game, put a sixth of the, of the playoffs up, ended up icing it, 4-2 to two victory for Florida. Great performance. And the guy who I expected to step up, stepped up. So what do you expect? What did you see from this game? Yeah, that was that was an exciting game to watch. I loved it. Bobrovsky played really good back there. He had some big saves, especially at the end. You know, getting from from post to post and, and making some saves. Um, so I you know I think he was he was a little bit of a difference at the end there. Um, you know, it's one of those things. You know, Toronto can't win. You know, especially game ones or you know they just they kind of disappointed again you know hopefully they, they they shake this curse you know of of moving you know getting deep in the playoffs but maybe not this year maybe say that for next year um florida florida played well um you know like you said monters killing it chuck had a good game um for Hagee on that on that breakaway i don't know how they lost track of him but you know he ended up yeah. wide open um so you know it, it was it was it was it was just a good game it was a good game to watch it was fast. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Yeah, it was a very fast-paced game. It seemed like everything was back and forth. Not a lot of whistles. A lot of just keep it going. Keep it going. Really strong performance. I will say, if you're looking at this as a Toronto perspective, they lost 7-3 to three game one against Tampa Bay. I don't think they're worried about losing game one because they came out and they beat them 7-2 to two the next game. So if I'm Florida, you got to keep stepping on their throat. You got to go out and maybe you don't win, but you can't lose seven to two. No, you can't give them that confidence going into game three. You know, even if you lose, if you lose, it's, it's gotta be close. Yeah. And, you but know. it can't be overtime. You lose in overtime momentum swings to Toronto's way. And I think they'll win uh game three. If they win in overtime, in game two. And it's too much momentum for, for a team. Just keep on going, and Florida's got to keep it close, but keep it in regulation. If they're gonna go to overtime, they gotta win that game. Right. No one expected Florida to be right here, you know. So they're a dangerous team. You know, they're coming. That they have a ton of confidence, more confidence than, than they should have after beating Boston. So it, it's gonna. I think it's just gonna roll over to this round, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna truck um, Toronto in this series. Yeah, I'm really hoping for that. And let me just ask you this: if your team beats the best team in the playoffs and that team's gone. Does that make you the best team in the playoffs since you just beat the best team? It, you know what? There's, you must've been taking philosophy in college because that's, you know, some of those uh, questions that they ask. Uh, <laughs> theoretically. Yeah. That's how it work. You know, if you beat the number one team, you're the new, the new number one team. I don't know if it always applies like that. You know, um, they were the, they were the better team that day. So, yeah. So they, you know, they've had the better, you know, week and a half here. So they, they, hopefully, they still have the better week and a half. They, they, they can't do that. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. So, any final comments from Game One, though? No. Let's go on to the next one. All right. So we'll go back to New Jersey and Carolina. Carolina smoked them five to one. Started off really hot for Carolina. They went up three zero. Goals from Pesci, his first. Jarvis, his third, and Niami, his first. Schmidt was pulled out to the third game. Uh, not a good performance from him. He didn't really get much help either, though. It seemed like New Jersey was a lot flat-footed. 
Maybe that's because they just played seven games and they didn't have much of a break. Who knows? Brady Shea also tallied one. Um, pretty much put it out of reach at that point. And uh, Foss got his third. It was an empty netter. The only goal coming from New Jersey was Bastian, his first of the, the postseason. But at that point, it really was out of reach. New Jersey was not coming back from that. But New Jersey's got to got to step it up. Lindy Ruff's got to tell this team, we got to get more offense. Only one shot in the first period. Pathetic. Pathetic performance from them. Carolina had every right to win that game. There was no reason why the New Jersey should be able to come back from that. But pretty much everything what I said in before where Hughes has got to step up and keep it going. Schmidt's going to look stellar. Everything I said in the beginning just did not happen in game one. And it kind of scares me because I had him in five games. Right, right. Yeah, no, I, I missed the, the very beginning. By the time I got home, I tuned in this game. It was already the third period, and it was out of reach. You know, I, I didn't think New Jersey had a chance at it by the time I was, I was watching it. So, yeah, to hear that they only had one one shot on goal in the first period, that's that's sad. Uh, there's no way you're going to win with, with, with a performance like that. So they no. need to find a way to, to get more shots on net because, you know, no shots on net, there's no goals going in. Yeah, and – even when they pulled Schmidt, I didn't think Vanacek played great, but he also really didn't make anything real exciting. He made some of the saves. He gave up a goal, uh, one being an empty netter, so that's not against him. But who do you go with now? Do you go with the guy who's pretty much been killing it all, all offseason and had a bad game this game? Or do you go back to Vanacek and say, hey, this is your net again? I, I think you go back to Schmidt. I mean, you know, he everyone's get has a bad game. You know, you, you can't be perfect all the time. Um so I, th- I think you go back with him, you know, he, he proved, he, I think he earned, he earned the chance with the first round to, to continue in the net in the second round. Okay. Let's say hypothetically Carolina comes out and they win, let's say four to two or something like that. Good offense from Carolina, not a good offense from New Jersey. Do you see Lindy Ruff going back to Vanacek? Cause he pretty much did that with Vanacek. No I- offense. And... I think so. I think you, you, then you switch it up because, you know, switching up a goalie can change the, the way the team plays. You know, I think they have to have that confidence with the goalie behind them, you know, in order to make stuff happen on the offensive side. Okay. Yeah, I kind of I agree with that. I, I think you give Schmidt one more game. If something bad happens, whether it's he gives up three goals in, in the first half of the game again, he gets yanked for Vanacek or something like that, I think you keep Vanacek in. Right, and, and you know what? You're not in trouble until you lose at home. You know they're on the road right now, so that's true. You know, so you're, you're you're not behind unless you lose at home. So you got you got to look at it like that too. Yeah, and goaltender for Carolina was Freddie Anderson. He looked pretty solid. Not a lot of action. Only 18 shots through the game, so made 17 saves. Not much action. He did get ran over though. I was worried because I was like, this guy's dealing with injuries all the time. He just got hit. Does this mean he's not going to come back for next game? He seemed to pop back up and seem seemed to be fine. So Anderson was the goalie for game one. I expect him to be goalie for game two. Yeah, I'd like to see him continue on. I think he's he's the better choice right now in Carolina. Yeah. Any final comments for game one? No, no. Um, hopefully, I can catch more of the next game. So I have a like you know, I want to I want to I want to see Jersey play New Jersey play a little bit more. I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. Yeah. No, they're a fun team to watch. So. I know the the games are hard for you to the East Coast games are hard for you just because of work and stuff like that. But if you are able to watch that those games, I think New Jersey is definitely one of the exciting teams to watch. All right, let's see uh, what what's the other game, the Seattle Dallas game. 
Seattle-Dallas game one ended in overtime. Seattle took this one 5-4. to four. Yanni Gord scored in the OT winner with 7.43 remaining. Pretty much on a broken play. You could see the mentality coming out of the locker room. It was throw pucks at the net. First five minutes of the game, or first five minutes of overtime, excuse me, was each team just throwing everything at the net. Whether it was a shot from the corner, a shot from the slot, a shot for a rebound, everything was going to the front of the net. It was chaotic. Great job by the goalies standing up and, and making those saves. Good job on the defense controlling the rebounds. But Yanni Gord was able to get a, a funky play. It was a rebound, kind of a screen, threw it at the net, knew where the net was somehow, and turned around, made a spin around a shot off of the post over the shoulder of, of Ottinger and went in the back of the net. Great shot. Um, his second of the postseason. And Seattle gets another game one win. And Bjorkstrand also gets a goal in this one, his third of the playoffs. But the big story, even though they didn't win, was Pavelski did come back. He was a game-time decision, did come back in this one, and was stellar. Played just under 20 minutes, had a plus-three rating, six shots, 100% on the face-off dot, four goals. The guy scored four goals, and he did it in front of the net. Two redirected goals, amazing goals, too. Pretty much doing it with the shaft of his stick. I don't know how he does it. It's he's got the best hand eye I think I've ever seen on a goal on a excuse me on a forward. He if he played baseball he'd be batting a thousand because this guy does not miss the puck. He's outstanding with the hand eye coordination. Unfortunately, no one else wanted to step up for him, so Dallas ends up dropping this one. But Pavelski, if he's going to keep on doing this, I would not be surprised to see Dallas win this series now. But Seattle. They took that road game, and you say how important road game road wins are. So what did you think about game one? Yeah, you know, I, I caught the first half of this game. So, yeah, I, I, it was, you know, Seattle jumped all over them, from the, you know, kind of from the start. Um, you know, they used some of that speed. Tanev had, you know, used his speed and had some chances. Pavelski with those tips, man, that was I, – I saw the – what he scored the first one, you know, right from the point there a little bit. It was at the, you know, from the faceoff circle on that yeah. pass across. You know, just a good shot right over the pad under the blocker. You know, those are tough. Those are the, some of the those toughest are tough ones. to save. Those are the toughest ones to save. The ones that go over your pad, or yeah. right over your leg pad. Um, you know, and then, you know, so he perfect placement. And then I saw the the, the first tip in that he had. You know, that was just that was just great. Like you said, he's got great hand eye coordination. Maybe he did so well because he had a lot of rest from the first round. We'll see. Could be, could be. With, with a guy coming off a concussion injury, you don't know what to expect. When you come back, whether he's going to play 100%, whether he's going to be ready to play, because concussions could be different from each player. He probably had something to prove, you know, that, you know, hey, I, I'm, I could still do that. I'm not that hurt, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, so he came out with a little chip on his shoulder, and, and shoot, he, he performed, you know? you know? Four goals. You can't really complain with that. Complain about no. that at all. And the only thing, I guess, if you're going to complain about it is, where was the rest of the offense? Like you mentioned, Robertson. Where was he? I did not even hear his name very much out there. I didn't see him out there very often. I saw Pavelski and Sagan and Ben more than anything. Rope Hints was – he tried, just did not get past uh, Grubauer. So where's the other offense for Dallas? They, they got to step up. You can't expect a guy to score four goals every game. No, Someone you can't, you can't let it. your 15-year veteran uh, you know, score all your goals. That's, that's not a recipe for, that's going to bring you wins. You know, yeah. So. But looking at Seattle's point of view, they still won on the road. 
what do you expect from Seattle now? What are they going to do in game two? Man, I, I hope I hope they I hope they keep it close, and I hope they uh, you know they, they take it to them the second one. You know they they can't let off the gas. I mean, even though you know they won it, they won in overtime. You know, so you know, they they still let uh, the Dallas back in it. You know, they were up they were up earlier, so they let Dallas back in it, which is yeah not good to see. But you know they outlasted them, which is good. Which is a great point to bring up because Ottinger, it's the first time he's given up four goals in the first period throughout the whole season, so they were able to get to him quick. The bad thing was Ottinger figured it out in the second period and didn't let anything up until that fluke goal in overtime, which I don't even think he really saw all the way. I think if he was able to see it, I don't think that's going to the back of the net. Maybe Dallas wins this game. So he was. Yeah, able I, don't to, he, I don't think he saw it. It took like a bad, a bad tip off of off of a player, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he was off maybe the defenseman in front. It was a weird ass play. It, it was it was definitely a broken play, and Gord was able to just throw it at the net. But Ottinger, he figured it out, and that's what you said in the beginning is Ottinger is going to have to play well to be able to get these guys to, to, the, to the third round. And he played really well, and yet the offense wasn't there for him. Yeah, you know, he, like I said, he, it'll, he'll keep him in games, and he'll, hopefully he steals one or two. Um, yeah. But, you know, he's, he's keeping them in it, but you know, it's, it's a team sport. You know, the, the offense has to help out. You said it earlier. Yeah. He can't score the goals as well. Yeah. Yeah, you can't score goals as a goalie. If you could, we'd be great, Dad. You and me would be great. Yeah, that's a, I no no way. I can't shoot the puck that far. <laughs> <laughs> Any final comments from this game one? No, no, that was it was it was it was a fun game to watch. You know, from what I did get to see, I'm looking forward to game two. Yeah. All right, last game, Edmonton and Vegas. That one just ended a, maybe about an hour ago. Um, Vegas ended up on top six to four victory. They looked pretty good on the power play, went two for four on the power play. Stone got his fourth of the year, and Mario got his second of the playoffs. Barbashev with two goals. Um, Brassois thought uh, he played pretty well. He was able to stop McDavid on a couple of shots. McDavid looked really good. Um, but Leon Dreisaitl, once again, four goals, two of them on the power play. Edmonton went two for three on the power play. Um, just crazy that Dry Saddle keeps on scoring this many goals. He scored one, bouncing it off of the goaltender's back on the goal line. I don't know if you saw the replay, but if you look straight at his eyes, he's looking for a pass, doesn't see anything, looks straight at the goalie's shoulder and sees that he's not on that post right there, that near side, and knows exactly what he's going to do and pulls it off. I don't know how he pulled that off. Amazing shot. I did, off of I did shoulder. see I did see that shot, and I, you know, as a goalie, you know, that's kind of I hate when they shoot at your head. It's like a dirtbag move, you know. They're trying to bounce it off your head to get yeah. in there, um, but you know, it, it worked for them this time. It looks like, I mean, it seems like, you know, scoring four goals is not good for your team. You know, it hasn't worked. You know, it didn't work for Pavelski, and it didn't work for Drysidle. Um, Oddly enough, which is hard to believe. You know, you, you figure if, if one guy's scoring four, you know, you, you should be cruising on that game, but it, it's not the not. Not the case in both of these games. Yeah, and um, especially with a team like Edmonton, you get four goals from Drysidle. You expect McDavid to have probably like three goals as well. So that's probably seven goals right there. But yet McDavid doesn't get on the score sheet. Nugent Hopkins wasn't there. Darnell Nurse didn't do anything. Matthias Ekholm didn't do anything. So it's like, geez, like the guys you kind of expect on the power play to do well. Zach Hyman didn't do anything either. It's just like, geez. Yeah, like, Nurse is one of those guys where they say his name a lot, but he never actually 
does much. He seems like he's a body. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he doesn't. I don't know. There's something about him. They say his name a lot, but it's not like he's always on the score sheet. So what's he doing? You know, He doesn't impress me. Like His gameplay does not impress me. It, Matthias Ekholm impresses me more, and he's been on the team for half the season. Right. But Dreisaitl now has 10 goals in the playoffs. Do you see Dreisaitl stopping anytime soon? No, I don't think so. I mean, teams are going to key on McDavid, and it's going to leave him open. It gives him more opportunity. And then, and you know, he's stepping up and, and, and capitalizing. I think, I think it's going to continue, you know, until the team, you know, are going to start keying on him. And then what's that do? It leaves McDavid open. So you, you got to pick one or the other. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's no, there's no good choice right there. I mean, they're both, <laughs> gonna, they're, they're both going to score either way. Um, yeah. That's a terrible situation to be in. It is, but you know, it only for Vegas. I mean, Vegas won at home. That's what they needed to do. So yeah, they, they need to continue to win at home. I don't think this series is going to be pretty for the goalies. I don't think Stuart Skinner is in a good situation. I don't think Brassois is in a good situation. So I think it's going to be like this. I think it's going to be a lot of six four, seven five overtime potentially being like a seven eight final. Like I don't think it's going to be pretty from the goaltenders. No, but I mean, I think you got to stick with the goalie, you know, unless something really bad happens, um, you, you stick with them, you know, because like you said, it, it's gonna it's it's gonna be more offense than defense on this series, I think. Yeah, did you end up watching the the last couple minutes of this game? I watched the last few minutes. I didn't catch the beginning of it, but I caught the end of it. So, Edmonton had possession with the last three minutes. You. I don't know why I hate it so much. ESPN loves to talk about when McDavid and or Dreisaitl are on the rink. So they mention Dreisaitl and McDavid are on the rink. They have possession with – they're down by a goal with about 2.30 left. Do you think they should have pulled Skinner? You know, I I never want – never like when they pull the goalie that early. Um, I could see, you know – that that's with the normal, you know, with with normal teams. Edmonton, for some reason, seems to carry a lot of possession. You know, once they get in the offensive zone, they they put just enough pressure. They hold that line very well. Um, so I think you can pull a little bit earlier, especially when you have that extra attacker. I think you need it. I mean, yeah, like you said, ESPN. They were talking about McDavid and uh, being out there. You know, they were talking about at like the four minute mark or three and a half minute, how many more shifts he's going to get. Yeah, he might get you know one more shift, but it's going to be a two and a half minute shift, and which it was. Yeah. Um. So, I could see pulling the goalie early because you want to do it while McDavid and Drysaddle are, I would say, a little more fresh before you know they want you want to have the time at the beginning of the shift instead of at the end. You don't want to pull the goalie in the last minute, you know, when they're already a minute and a half into their into a shift and they're not going to have much in the tank. So yeah, I I see pulling the goalie early in that situation to give themselves a chance because that's their number one line. And you're, you're treating it like a power play, you know, and they score on half the power plays. So, you know, you have almost a 50% chance of, of, of getting a goal there, you know, maybe a little bit less because it's pretty congested with that extra attacker in there. But, you know, that that's their best chance. I think they had to do it. Um, it didn't work out for them on this time, you know, and Vegas, Vegas held it home. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like you have a team like Edmonton where you, you get those guys out there for two and a half minutes get your star players out there, the guys you want out there, you got to make it a power play. And you get two minutes, you have possession, you get two minutes of quote-unquote power play time, I think you got to take that opportunity. You could 
tell on the broadcast they could not understand why Skinner was still in the net. Nobody was – you could see the bench at, at certain viewpoints. Nobody was telling them to come. So I don't know what the mindset behind it was. And by the time they did do it, they messed up and they got a too-many men penalty. Yeah, they jumped off the, they jumped off the bench early. You, that's the one thing you can't do in that situation. And, and they did it. They did it with a minute left, which I'm okay with doing it with a minute left, but you make a great point. You got to do it when your guys are fresh. The guys were already out there for a minute and a half, and now you pull the goalie? It make, that makes no sense. And then you mess it up. It's so easy. Wait for the goalie to be at at least the blue line. He wasn't even at the blue line, and the guy already jumped over. Yeah, you're, and, you're, already, you're already losing. You know, if you can lose by, you know, you lose by two. You know, it's no different than losing by one, you know. Yeah, you know, it, give give yourself a chance. And by the time they did that, it they called a timeout, so you already knew what they were gonna do. So they pretty much put an offensive penalty kill out there. McDavid gave him a shot. He was down the corner, but Eichel made a great stop. He made a great poke check and made that made that pretty much full length shot into the net, iced it for them. Power play goal his fourth of the year. Eichel's looked really good. I think he actually might be the guy for for Vegas that they're gonna move past. He's gonna be the guy that's gonna do it for them. But it, I think it's just bad coaching on Edmonton's part at the last two minutes. You got to pull the goalie sooner, and you got to. I mean, I know it's a bench minor, but you got to make that a a better situation you gotta, when you are. Yeah, be more. The you got to be more clear. You know, you got to have a, a plan going. To, they had to have talked about it earlier. Hey, if, you know, we're you know the last you know two minutes we're gonna pull you. You know, so they got to communicate that with the goalie. You know, he's out there waiting to, to see the signal from the bench. And, you know, if it doesn't come, he's not going out there. You know, he kind of stuck out there a little bit. He's up by the hash marks, but um, you know, you're not, you're not going to go full, full bore out to the bench when you're not supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get in trouble with your coaches and then it leads to a goal that the guys weren't ready for or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, That's not, that's not his call to do it. You know, you have to look to the bench to, to make that call. And yeah. It wasn't coming. And yeah, you mentioned that, he was sneaking out. He just wasn't getting the call. By the time you, the announcers were saying he was sneaking out, the puck was going the other direction. And Vegas had it in going through the neutral zone. So Skinner had to go back. So it seemed like Skinner knew I should be going to the net, going to the bench now. But by the time maybe they were calling him, he was all like, this is too late, dude. I'm not going to give up a goal right now. So it's just bad situation. It kind of gets me to think that maybe uh, Woodcraft was – more focused on the game and less focused on on the goaltender. Like he was more I, focused about what, what McDavid and Drysdale. He may have been looking doing. on the other zone and not looking back. You know, yeah. I lost track of the time. It, it could it could happen because it's not the first time that they're down by a goal with a couple minutes left. So they've done this before. They all have a plan. So I could see it being like maybe not just he lost track of time, but he was more focused on what's he doing with the puck. Is he going to score right now? And he didn't look at Skinner at all. Well, yeah, it's too bad for Edmonton, but not too bad for Edmonton, you know. Yeah. Any final comments from Game One? No, you know, it was a it was a good a good game. I like to see Vegas. Um, um you know, I, I hopefully uh, they can continue that momentum. Um, I'm curious to see what Drysaddle does. You know, maybe he'll score five goals next game. That would be kind of cool to watch. That'd be sweet. That'd be sweet. He's already at ten goals in the playoffs, and at this point, he might hit twenty. Yeah, ten goals in seven games. That's not that's not a bad uh, playoff. Yeah, some guys Even don't have if... ten goals in, in the playoffs their whole career. He's got yeah. it in in uh, you know seven basically, games. Basically, yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Games. It's crazy to put it in perspective. 
because some yep. of the yeah some of the best players in the league don't have ten goals in the playoffs. Any final comments from any of the game ones, Dad? You want to bring up? No, I you know I think we, we kind of hit the the high points already. Um, you know, it, like I said before, this is playoff hockey. It's exciting. You know, round two is more exciting than round one. So I I just can't wait for the the excitement and the hype to keep building because it it is it's going to keep building you know all the way to the finals and looking forward to it. Yeah, it will be good. It will be fun to watch game twos uh, this weekend starting tomorrow. Tomorrow game twos you got. Seattle and Dallas and Toronto and Florida. So, I mean, you already know who we're going to root for. He's got Dallas. I got Seattle. We both got Florida going on. So, we'll be a fun game, too. Tough thing is, though, this weekend we're on vacation to Sacramento. So, I don't know how well we're going to be able to get games in the watch, but we're going to try our best. We'll, we'll find a way to watch some games. Might not be all of the game, but we'll, we'll catch some of the games. Yeah, we'll, we'll try our best for sure because we'll come back with an updated episode and we'll have you on, too. We'll talk game two, game three, rest of the series. We'll find a good episode for you to get back on here. All right. Thanks. I look forward to it. Well, that should do it for this episode. You got any plugs you want to say? Anything you're doing? Anything Anything at all? No, man. Just uh, just happy to, to be on the, on the podcast with you. I, you know, I do appreciate the invite. It's fun talking hockey with you. And, you know, hopefully we can do it again pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming on. We're definitely going to talk hockey. We're definitely going to talk about other sports too if you want. So we'll have you on for like college football season because you and not you and me watch college football all the time together. A lot, lot tougher this last season with me being off at school, but we talk about sports all the time. So we'll just make it into a podcast episode. Sounds good. Yeah, we'll let other people listen into our conversation. Yeah, maybe we'll get some other people on. Maybe a couple, a uh, couple of quote unquote experts or strongly opinionated people, especially when Arizona State football, when it comes oh. to football um, Yeah, we, we have a potential. We, we got, we've, we've got uh, some resources we could tap into. Definitely. And that will be an interesting episode, but it will be a lot of fun. I will say that. All right. So, yeah, look forward to it. We'll, we'll have to plan that out for, uh, for uh, what, September. Yeah, sounds good. All right, Dad, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. That is it for this episode, episode 33. Watch some hockey, a lot of hockey this season or this playoffs that you're going to want to watch. A lot of of games this weekend. Stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for this episode uh, of round two recap. Not sure how, when it's going to happen, but it will happen. So look forward to that and we'll see you guys later.